for COVID. Yes. And I had to get a color-coded bracelet. Yes, like the one I'm wearing. Yes, and you know who else did that? It's the Mexican cartel. Thank you for your time, and let's go, Brandon. Good late Friday evening. Um, thank you guys so much for joining in. I am coming to you from beautiful Brackettville. Um, <laughs> we have an event tomorrow, uh, again, at the Back Porch Ranch. I will make sure that I show you guys the flyer. If you guys are in this local area, please come on in and come join us. Um, the purpose for today's <clears throat> video is, uh, I feel that this is extremely important. I was watching um, as I was coming down um, some of the videos from, from the city council. Uh, and we talked about, I've talked about previously on how everything is connected, right? From the mandates, the COVID mandates, to the elections, uh, to, of course, the current crisis at our border, and everything that's happening in the school boards. Like, all of these things are absolutely intertwined. They are all connected. Um, and one of the reasons, of course, why, we, why I personally believe that the border invasion, border crisis, is the number one topic issue um, for our state, for the future of our country, for the future of our freedoms, um, and the liberties that we've grown up to enjoy, is because it impacts us in so many different ways that I don't think people are realizing. Um, particularly, what I'm about to show you and what I want to present to you is something that is happening in my area, uh, in North Texas. Uh, but this is, I, I have a gut feeling that this is going to be mimicked in other counties and in other cities here in the great state of Texas. So I'm trying to sound the alarm and trying to bring awareness and then get people again active, engaged, involved in your local communities. You guys know that I spend a lot of time down here um, along the, our state sovereign border uh, of Texas. Uh, everywhere from the RGB to up to the Del Rio area. Um, but this is one of the ways that uh, I hope that you guys are going to start paying attention in our local areas that I just, uh, like I said, I feel like this is going to continue uh, in areas and people really need to start paying attention on your city and county levels. So again, uh, thank you guys so much for joining in. <clears throat> and then I will also give you guys some updates um, of some adventures that I had down here. This time I did bring my family with me. Uh, so excited to have my husband with me this time. Um, and he got to go around and see a little bit of what I get to do uh, when I come on down here to the border. So that was very exciting for me. But again, give me some grace and some patience. I'm going to try and share the screen. Again, I feel like this is extremely important. So just give me a little bit of grace here as I try to share my screen with you guys. Um, a few days ago on the 7th, um, 
here we go, on the 7th, um, the Texas scorecard, of course, which I follow closely, uh, you know, they put out some really amazing and great articles. They released this article here, uh, everything from Operation Lone Star, uh, which I, I do not think a lot of people realize currently what is, what, what is going on with our National Guard, how Operation Lone Star is essentially falling apart at the seams uh, in many ways. And right here in Brackettville, just a few days ago, unfortunately, there was an accidental discharge uh, it, that's currently being investigated. And um, one of our brave National Guard um, was, was accidentally shot and killed. Um, so all that that is, Texas uh, Texas card has been at the forefront. Mr. Uh, Robert Montoya has been out there putting out some amazing articles about uh, Operation Lone Star as it is unfolding and everything that that is encompassing. So I definitely encourage you guys to check out some of their articles. I try to share some of the key ones um, as I can. But this in particular is about, again, about the invasion, but in a different way, in a different light. The city of Denton recently, at the end of last month, uh, approved for non-citizens to serve on city boards. Um, you know, we recently, I, I want to take you back a little bit here. I want to remind you guys that recently in uh, January of uh, January, yeah, we're in February. Gosh, time is flying by. In January, it was actually approved for New York City that they approved almost 800,000 non-citizens to vote in their local elections. And we knew that this was coming. Uh, it wasn't a shock and it wasn't a surprise uh, either that it was approved and passed uh, there in New York City. And, you know, we think like that that is a foreign distant problem that I warned then and several others warned then like, hey, heads up, this is happening. You know, I want to remind you guys again that just recently it was reported uh, that out of the four counties, including Tarrant County, my county, that when an audit was done, the Epoch Times reported that they, uh, in the four Texas counties, Harris County, Dallas County, Tarrant County, and one other, that they found that over 11,000 potential uh, non-citizens were registered to vote here in the state of Texas in the 2020 election. The reason why I bring this up is because of this. You know, back in 2017, Governor Abbott, I believe it was 2017, guys, don't, don't, you can fact check me on that on the year, but Governor Abbott signed into law uh, the quote-unquote sanctuary city ban here in the state of Texas, okay? And I hope that I paint the picture and kind of uh, bring all of these things together uh, in, in a cohesive manner here, because I feel like, again, that, that this is, this is going to continue happening. We're going to see this and we're, it's not going to end well if we, the people, do not stand up and fight back and start paying attention on the city, county, and state level, okay? Um, he signed into law the sanctuary city bans here in the state of Texas. It is, according to that legislation that was passed, it is illegal for sanctuary cities to exist here in the state of Texas. However, uh, verbiage matters, words matter, and if sanctuary city policies um, were not being enforced as in, i.e., the city of Arlington, uh, which currently, uh, a while back last year, uh, put out uh, an ordinance that property owners could no longer ask 
the immigration status or legal status of renters, okay? So of course, sanctuary city bans in the state of Texas sound great, right, in theory. However, there are what I call sanctuary city policies um, or what the left then deemed as freedom cities. Of course, they changed the verbiage. They did that with CRT, right? Where you call it critical race theory. Oh, well, critical race theory isn't in our schools. It's not. Yeah. Why? Because then they just changed the verbiage. They're, they're quick to adapt. Uh, they're quick to change it to something else. So that's why we have to remain ever vigilant. Well, the same thing is happening here. We know that we're under a current border invasion. They're coming over over 2 million <clears throat> to their estimates. And that's just the apprehensions. Yes, they are deporting some. And I will go over that hopefully here in a little bit in uh, some of the updates um, from some of the intel that we got here in this area. Um, well, not myself, a friend of mine, um, while we were down here from some of the boots on the ground. But um, again, it sounds great banning sanctuary cities in the state of Texas sounds great in theory, but sanctuary city policies most certainly do exist throughout our state. And this is one way, <clears throat> again, that they're going to be using the influx of millions of, of, of new illegal aliens that they are spreading throughout Texas and throughout the United States and how they are then going to infiltrate and use them in our elections to guarantee to bring socialism to our country. That's what we see here. When, I, when, when, when you guys hear me and others say that this massive amount of illegal immigration flooding, this open border policies that we're seeing, this is part of their end goal is to bring socialism and then communism to the United States. This is not, I wish that we were exaggerating. God, I wish we do. I wish, I, I wish we were. I wish that this wasn't really happening, but it is. And that's why we have to be vigilant and pay attention and fight back. So again, Denton, the city of Denton, um, the council, uh, uh, allowed for non-citizens to run and serve on city boards, okay? Uh, you guys can look this up. And of course, after the live, I will include this into the comments and to my own personal page, <clears throat> Facebook page. Um, so you guys, uh, of, of all the things that I, that I reference here, I will include them into the comments there. So you guys can look them up for yourself. And again, I will also try to include them and add them onto the website, securetheborder.us. So this way you guys have that information uh, at the ready. Uh, knowledge is power. Share this information out and also please share this video. I will also post the link to the YouTube uh, recording of this as well so that you guys can share this information easily to those that are not on Facebook um, or on other social media platforms. So because again we want to get this information out there. I'm going to show you guys some of the um, some of the the video clips uh, of this Denton City uh, city council um, meeting where they passed this, because I think it's important for you guys to realize what we are up against. Um, I will also, I, I feel like it's important to you to remind you guys that in the city of Denton, the city of Denton, the, the Denton GOP was one of the GOPs that actually censured Governor Abbott. You guys can look this up. I'm, I, I don't know whether or not um, some of the GOP or some of the activist uh, grassroots groups over there in, in Denton um, were there and present to, to fight back against this. I'm not sure if anybody was even paying attention. You know, 
we're so busy, we're, we're all stretched so thin that it becomes very difficult to try to stay current. You know, for, for, for myself, you know, I, you guys know that I focus on the border. I also try to keep up with the mandates, you know, the, the COVID stuff. I try to keep up with the school boards. All of those things I know that impact us and impact me and my family. However, it's, it's impossible for me to be able to constantly keep up with, with all of this information. So I, I try to stick mainly to the border. However, I have those that I, that I reach out to that if I have a question, I know who to go to about information of what's going on with, with you, know, you know what, um, with the jab or with COVID or with um, you know, the school boards, with whatever it is, gender modification. I have those people that I reach out to that I know that that's their, that's their thing. They stay current and up to date on information on that. So I encourage you guys to do the same. You know, follow people like myself, like Frank Lopez, like Anthony Aguero, like Oscar Blue, like Ben Berklum, um, in regards to the border. Um, they follow others, you know, that, that, that are doing the same thing in their own respective areas that they feel called to follow and to fight for. And then, then we all come together. And when somebody raises the alarm, like I'm trying to do right now with this, um, then, then, then you guys have the information there and you guys know exactly what to do and how to fight back and what's going on and what to look out for. Okay. So again, I'm going to show you guys some of the, uh, the city council meeting, um, from this, from this, um, back in January. Again, I'm sorry, bear with me, because I, I think it's extremely important. And then I also want you guys to know kind of what to look out for in your own city councils. OK, start looking up. Usually city council meetings are held on like Tuesdays. Um, I know the city of Lewis is. I obviously I've never been to one in person, but I do try to keep up. Um, it, it's there just like you guys. I'm about to show you guys here. It's there. It's public. You can go to your city council. Uh, go to like type in, for example, uh, City of Denton City Council. All of these things are going to be listed on there. Um, if you can't make it in person, I encourage you guys to check the agenda items that are on the list. Uh, listen in when you have time. You know, for me, I listen to a lot of podcasts and a lot of things like this when I'm cleaning the dishes or doing laundry or cleaning up. I mean, if you guys are at work, if you're traveling back and forth from work, take that time to pay attention to what's going on. You know, check your, your county commissioner's courts. All of this stuff is public. It's all public. If you need help trying to find these, these things, reach out to me or reach out to somebody else in your area who's active like this uh, and knows where to find this information or just a simple DuckDuckGo um, or Google search if you still use that. But we need to be following this. Okay, let me share this really quick. This is the city council meeting. Um, that was take that took place on January 25th. This is the one that um, that they are referencing that Texas scorecard was referencing. And I'm going to play some clips here and there um, of this resolution uh, of this agenda item, <clears throat> so that you guys can hear it for yourself. I'm sorry, that means that my <laughs> my clothes are dry. I got to pull this later. Hold on one second, and let's get this started. Uh, which is ID 22059. Consider adoption of ordinance of the City of Denton. Uh, amending chapter two, article three, section 261 of the code of ordinances to remove the required voter, voter requirement for board and commission members and add the city of Denton resident requirement for board and commission members and providing an effective date. 
Thank you, Mr. Mayor. My name is Rosa Rios and I'm your city secretary. I'm gonna go ahead and call up the presentation. Oh, one, one second, I missed something here, sorry. Uh, Rachel, are you there? I am, sir. So the caller we have is for this item and she's ready just whenever you'd like, if you want to take her now or after the presentation and discussion, completely up to you, sir. Got it. Okay, so we'll take it after the presentation. I'm sorry, I just wanted to get what that straight. What you guys Rosa, are about to hear no, here. Okay. That I won't... Point of order, Mayor, did, did we miss E on the consent agenda? Was that pulled or am I It was pulled all, in, all together. Oh, right on. Okay, thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. What you guys are about to hear is a caller that called in to testify. Right, so I'm here to present your item. During this presentation. To provide a little bit of background at the November 16, 2019 work session, City Council deliberated possible removal of the voter registration requirements for all members of its boards, commissions, and committees. There was no consensus reached at that time, uh, with the exception that one member of the City Council was in favor of reconsidering their position on not removing uh, the qualification um, in the event a majority, majority of the members were in favor of removing it. With three members being in favor of removing the voter registration requirement while maintaining the, the residency requirement, this item provides for additional deliberation and possible option on removing the voter this registration requirement while still mandating residency in the and city. Was shot down As you can see here, Code Edmonton, of Ordinances, Article 3, Section 261, so this was does reference that members of a boarded commission, um, in addition to other qualifications prescribed by federal or state law or even an ordinance shall be a qualified voter of the city. And of course, in order to be a qualified voter of the city, you are required to reside within the city. So your options today are to remove the voter registration for all boards, commissions, committees and require residency in the city. In that case, you would adopt the draft ordinances presented. If you desire to remove the voter registration voter registration requirement for only certain boards, commissions, or committees, and still require residency in the city, then amendment to the draft ordinances presented would be needed. Uh, you should note that regardless of what action you decide to take, that any change would not be applicable to the public utility board as their uh, voter registration requirements, as well as residency and other requirements, the same as applied to members of the city council are set forth in the city charter. So an ordinance is not able to amend the charter. So at the end of this, and, basically um, the only thing questions? that a, a non-citizen is unable Thank to you. run uh, for, Council they could run for city council, Thank they you. could um, run for commissioner, they could run I don't for school board, but they can't run for public utility services. Uh, consensus support. But I recall that I recommended uh, um, including language like uh, shall be a resident of the city aged 18 or older. Um, do, do federal or state law already require that members of boards and commissions be eight, 18 or older? There is no age requirement statewide, at least not for our boards and commissions. Um, that was mentioned um, at the- I'm gonna fast forward to- Yeah, if you could give your name and address and then you'll have four this minutes. This is the one, the first testimony. Thank you. My name is Mariela Nunez-Dean and I live, live in 3449 Lake Country Drive here in Denton. Um, and I'm calling on behalf of myself as a researcher of immigration, uh, Denton resident, of, and of course, as part of a group called Movimiento Cosecha. And we are a nonviolent movement of Denton residents who are committed movement. to the respect, dignity, 
and permanent protection of the 11 million that are undocumented and also authorized immigrants. And I'm calling tonight to really ask, well, first to thank you uh, for actually considering removing the voter requirement uh, and urge you to vote yes. I think um, the proposal really allows for the goal that the city of Denton has to include more diverse viewpoints. Uh, and the requirement as it stands right now prohibits 12.7% of the foreign-born population that calls Denton our home. Um, and this is, uh, uh, of course, an important population that should be included. Um, I want to remind you all that, of course, as you know, voter registration is dependent upon U.S. citizenship. Um, and there's lots of misconceptions, uh, and I could talk hours about what those are. Um, but just to sum it all up, um, many of us desire to acquire U U.S. citizenship, but what we often lack are our... Hold on, wait a second. I have to pause that really quick. Misconception. Y'all caught that, right? The misconception, oops, the misconception that you have to meet voter requirements, which constitutionally requires that you are a citizen of the United States. This woman is claiming that that's a misconception. I'm gonna really, I, I'm gonna really try to to stick with it here. Uh, but there's gonna be like I, sometimes I just I the stuff that you guys are gonna hear right now just uh, <clears throat> you're probably thinking the same things I am. Opportunities and there's this misconception or stereotype that somehow immigrants do not want to be uh, U.S. citizens. Um, and what the reality is is that there are no existing pathways for some to become U.S. citizens. And for others, the pathway sometimes takes decades long. I'm going to pause that real quick. <clears throat> there are no current pathways for many to become citizens. You guys know that my husband is a first-generation Mexican-American. And I want to point something out here. It happened under Obama. To have it's happening now on a massive scale. If these people really care, she's right. She's right. You know, if people want to have the conversation that uh, the pathway to legal citizenship is is too expensive, is too long. You know, I think most reasonable people would be willing to sit down at the table and have that conversation. Right? Let's 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 figure out that those who truly want to become, you know citizens. Let's, let's, let's figure out how to simplify this process. Let's figure out, they have to spend thousands of dollars. Many of them do have to wait 10, 15 years. Many of them pay taxes and are, you know, active, active members of our communities, right? The vast majority of us have no, don't really that, that's not the people that, that those are not the illegals that we are referring to, right? When we say to stop the invasion. What's currently coming over is a totally different ballgame on a massive scale, right? Well, what I want to point out here is that she's right. For many people, 
who have legitimate asylum claims. For many people who have lived here in these communities and in the United States and, and like I said, have been a productive part, um, you know, they're, they're going the right way. They are here actually legally, right? Many of them on visas or, or are, are uh, temporary residences um, or permanent residencies, and they're just waiting on the paperwork um, to go through. They spend thousands of dollars, go through the proper way, the proper vetting. They, they, they are earnestly trying. They're still not citizens, so they still can't vote. That needs to stay that way. If I'm standing by myself and saying that, look, you have to be an American citizen to be able to vote. Let's talk about trying to make it easier for these people, right, who are going the right way, doing the right thing, going, being vetted, being, you know, going through the right channels. Let's try to help them. If they really cared about them, if this lady right here really cared about them, the ones that she's referencing to, trying to pull those heartstrings about, right? She would close and, and, and she, she would advocate to secure the border. Because what happens, the over 2 million illegals that have poured over into this country, which we know is, is, is far more than that, right? Those are just the ones that they have on, on record that have been apprehended, right? Those are the ones that get bumped up to the front of the line. Every single time. It happened under Obama, and it's happening on a massive scale now. They are skipping the line in front of the legal immigrants that are waiting patiently, paying thousands of dollars, attributing and contributing to our society, right? These are the ones that are being pushed back to the end of the line every single time. So for this lady right here, I call BS. Okay? Excuse my, my language. I call BS. Let's continue. And so despite all of this, authorized and undocumented immigrants in the city of Denton uh, continue to contribute to, to the city in many ways. We work here. Our kids are here. We own homes here. We have businesses. We are taxpayers. And of course, we contribute to the cultural and diversity values of, of the city. Um, and just one re recent example, you know, the ways in which contribute, I was part of the Complete Town Committee, uh, and I was an integral part of that committee, um, you know, and, and provided a perspective that was unique and necessary and sought by the city when it tried to reach those hard to reach populations uh, like immigrants. And in addition to that, just lastly, Another example where the city could have benefited from a non-U.S. citizen or a non-registered voter was during the 2021 winter storm. Um, Denton was unable to directly communicate and effectively communicate with Spanish speakers and speakers of other languages during, during a time of crisis. And that's 22.8 or almost 23% of the city's population who speaks a language other than, than English. And it's unfortunate that the city was not equipped to quick, quickly respond and to provide life-saving information. Life-saving information. So you mean to tell me that there is not one legal American citizen in the state, or in the city of Denton that speaks Spanish? You mean to tell me <clears throat> that the only way to reach the immigrant community is by allowing non-citizens on to the, 
city stores. And many of us were called as volunteers or had to take it upon ourselves to really translate and communicate that uh, information effectively. So I just wanna, again, um, just thank you for putting this up, up for vote and consideration. Uh, and I hope that you vote yes. Thank you very much. And that's it, thank you so much. Uh, okay, um, council member, well. Oh, okay, so. Her name was Mariera Nunez James. She is a tenured professor at UNT, professor of anthropology. Okay. She is with Movimentos Cosencha. There's their website. I want to show you guys. Let's see. I want to show you guys their website. This is their website, Papers Not Crumbs. Joe Biden is the new resident of the United States. Our fight is only just beginning. So I will include again their link into the comments because <clears throat> guys, you know, we need to know again what we are up against. What I think is important to understand is that this lady testified. You'll also hear a written testimony from a LULAC representative who also happens to be a teacher for an elementary school in DISD. And I'm also going to point some things out of the councilwoman, although she would probably would take offense to me not using her proper pronouns. Um, but again, I don't lie to people. What's interesting is that, again, like the it's so in your face and there was not one, not one testimony from our voice, from the conservative voice, from the voice of reason. Not one. Why not? Because we aren't paying attention. I hate to tell you guys, but we're just not. You need to understand what we are up against. And in order to understand what we are up against, you need to start doing your research and start paying attention because this is why we are losing in the state of Texas where no sanctuary cities are allowed. Okay. Um, what I think is very interesting is when you go to the about and you go to our movement, I want you guys to just, if you guys get a moment, Take a look and, 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 and see that for whatever reason they feel that it is necessary to point out that they are non-violent movement. Okay, that's like all over the place, all over this website. So this is, this is who that lady represents. This is her group right here in the city of Denton in North Texas. Okay, let me go back. I am. This right here is the councilwoman who was the biggest advocate for this. And I want, I will also point out what else she advocates 
four. I'm a granddaughter of uh, refugees on both sides of my family uh, from the Ukraine. Uh, they fled uh, anti-Semitic violence and they came to this country seeking a better life. This was at a time when it was much easier to become a U.S. citizen. Uh, they had a hard life, they, they and their families, in building up from nothing. Uh, but citizenship was offered to them in a way that it is not now. Um, and uh, I, I shudder to think of how much more difficult things would have been for my grandparents uh, had they had to spend decades uh, working on their citizenship in addition to all the other struggles that they went through uh, with, with their families. Um, I want to read a little bit from um, the email this sent the to all of counsel uh, from uh, Lillian Prado. Uh, I'm going to pause it really quick. Again, for those who might be joining in right now, what we're talking about is on how the crisis at the border is now uh, and has been impacting our, local, our, our elections. We know this. <clears throat> we know that this is their plan, is to current, continue to infiltrate our elections to ensure that socialism and communism are brought here to the great United States and to the wonderful Republic of Texas. Governor Abbott, of course, years ago, signed a sanctuary city ban in the state of Texas. Although, however, not surprisingly, stuff like this continues to happen, sanctuary city type policies. So just in case anybody else is now joining in, this is going to be a little bit longer prod, uh, podcast or airing because, again, I feel like this is important. So the person that you're about to hear from, this is Ms. Lily Prado. I want to share this screen with you guys really quick. So that you guys know. Again, thank you very much for being patient. I want to just kind of set the set the tone here. This is who you're about to hear the written testimony, a short email that is sent to this councilwoman. She is a teacher. <clears throat> she is a teacher in a Denton, uh, Denton ISD school district, an elementary school teacher. She's also a representative uh, board member for LULAC, who we know has always been open borders, left, way left leaning. Uh, you know, there are people, there are those who try to claim that they're going to be successful in infiltrating LULAC. I think it's a waste of time. This is so far left-leaning, it's not even funny. They are heavily infiltrated in the DFW area. As a matter of fact, uh, not too long ago, the president moved his, um, the president of LULAC moved his offices from the city of Dallas, I believe it was previously, to downtown Fort Worth. Parent County is the last standing red metroplex area in the state of Texas. We lose Parent County we lose Texas. If we lose Texas, as 55 electoral votes, I believe, if my memory serves me correctly, it would not happen. We, we will have lost the United States at that point. We're not going to be able to win another presidential election if we lose Texas. So again, I'm hoping to paint the picture of how all of this is connected. But I just wanted to give a little bit of background of the email um, 
testimony that you're about to hear. And again, the reason why I'm trying to show this to you guys, so this way you guys are aware and you guys see how this is happening and what to look out for in your own city councils. Who uh, also who writes in favor uh, of this, uh, of uh, removing the voter requirements uh, for the same reasons. Uh, uh, Lillian Prado Carrillo is also uh, a, in uh, LULAC. Uh, one of the board members, she says, uh, for the majority of my life, I was not considered a U.S. citizen and therefore was not allowed to vote. However, I earned a bachelor's in education and started a master's degree in public administration from UNT, all while only having my residency status. Not being a U.S. citizen has nothing to do with your ability to serve and lend experience in areas that you are suited for. In fact, having people from different backgrounds and perspectives only enhances the boards and commissions these people may serve on. And she gives an example. Um, I will also say uh, that, uh, that uh, Lillian is a, a parent um, and anybody who is a parent who lives in Denton, who has kids in public schools, who drives on our streets is affected by the decisions we make as council members and are often involved in their local PTAs in their communities. Um, uh, finally, uh, about our streets, uh, uh, Dr. Nunes James was listing all of some of the uh, many ways in which uh, immigrants contribute to the city of Denton. Uh, immigrants not only uh, drive the streets, which is, and we, we all know from having uh, block walked and run for council, uh, the issue of Denton streets is just something that comes up again and again. Uh, so they experience this issue. And we also have immigrants who have built our streets uh, and who have built our buildings uh, and who live in Denton and uh, are, are not being represented on boards and committees. Uh, so we, we have, I believe, something like 12%, 12.7% uh, of the Denton population uh, is Immigrant is my understanding, uh, many of whom, as Dr. Nunez-Jane said, would want to and are working on becoming U.S. citizens, but that can take decades. I want to remind again, it can take decades because people like these very people who are giving their testimony continue to allow massive illegal immigration to pour over our borders, pushing back the very people that they claim to be speaking up for. No one is saying that they, that these people, that the, that no one is saying that illegal immigrants or non-citizens, those who are here legally or waiting in process, waiting in line patiently, contributing to our society. Nobody's saying that their viewpoint doesn't matter. Can somebody please explain to me the rationale of how only their viewpoint would only be heard and considered if a non-citizen was sitting on a city council board? But again, there was not one testimony in opposition to this. Not one. You want to know how they're taking it over and why we keep on losing and why they are winning because they know how to fight and they're fighting back on the city, county, 
and state levels, on the very basic local levels. We know this, but again, I'm raising the alarm that this border crisis and how this is impacting, influencing, you can see how they're tying this all together. And here in a second, after you hear, uh, hear a little bit more um, from this pronoun over here, I'm going to show you what else she has been advocating for so that hopefully, again, I can make the case to you guys of how all of this stuff is connected. We are just too busy raising our families, working, and going along as if nothing is happening to be paying attention to these things. It can take decades. Uh, and they are contributing to our society now, but not being represented. Uh, so I hope we can get a consensus to vote yes and show that we really are an inclusive city uh, and we really are intent on making real democracy happen. Democracy, democracy, inclusion. Councilman Beck. All right, as I want to fast forward a little bit. The top. Um, I want to fast forward to, well, actually, let me stop here really quick. And I want to show you a little bit more about Councilwoman Deborah um, Armentor. I believe that that's how you say her name. Um, back on January 30th, she posted on her Facebook account um, a petition. I want to show you guys what petition she's advocating for. Does this look familiar? Inclusive books to stay in Denton ISD libraries. I currently have a petition up on my website to try and encourage the impeachment and investigation of Mayorkas and the crimes that he's committing. I'm going to also uh, share with you guys another link to another petition uh, from Judicial Watch, um, you know, trying to push for the continuation of the building of the wall. The reason why I'm bringing that up is because, you know, when people on our side, when people like myself and Judicial Watch and other conservative groups try to put petitions together or anything like that from letters, try to encourage people to call, uh, email, do any of those things, it's like pulling teeth to even get a few signatures or to get a few people to pick up the phone, send an email. And it really does make a statement. Number one, these things share, uh, spread awareness to what's really going on. And number two, it, 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 it puts the pressure on your elected officials and all in their various, you know, elected positions. The left is very good about doing this. They got petition after petition after petition out there. It's not necessarily that the petition is going to end in an act, it, it, like it, in, it, in of itself, in a result, but it gets people engaged and involved and it raises awareness among their base. That's why petitions are good. Making phone calls, going to city council meetings, going to commissioner's courts, paying attention, going to, to your state capital, in our case, uh, Austin, which is not fun. 
But I sat there during the regular session and in the special sessions, but I sat there and it brings me back. And I just have to go on a little rant here. I sat there by myself trying to defend women's sports. This was during the regular session, which of course it was passed what, during the second special session, which the one that was passed was not the one that I really wanted, not the one that many people wanted. There were several loopholes, but it was passed eventually uh, to, to legislation to protect women's sports, which of course I have a teenage daughter. Today is her 14th birthday, uh, so that was near and dear to me. I sat there in a room surrounded by LGBTQ++++ by myself. And I thought to myself, where are all the mothers? Where are all of the grandmothers? Where is everyone on our side? See, because they're busting them in and everybody could sit there and say, oh, well, they're paid actors. Yeah, you're right. Some of them are. Some of them get gift cards. And But the truth is that they are very good about rallying their base. You have to give it to them. You know, we could sit here and knock them and, and, you know, for their laziness, they're living in their mother's basement, so on and so forth. But you know what? They are there. And you've got 50 of the opposition, 50 LGBTQ++, sitting in our state capitol, deciding the future of every Texan child, minor. They are there. They're the ones who show up. They're the ones who are testifying. They're the ones that are picking up the phones. They're the ones that are sending the emails. They are the ones that are in your city council meetings giving these type of testimonies. Where are we? And if you can't find the time to get active, engaged, and involved, you know, I came home that day and I remember I was so upset on the ride home from Austin that day and I was, my heart was so heavy. And I come home and then I see people on social media nonstop complaining oh the republicans are not you know they're, they're not protecting women's sports they're not doing this they're rhinos they're this or that you're right but complaining on social media in comments is not gonna it's not effective where were you guys where were we and i'm not saying that you know yeah i know a lot of people that do pick up the phone that are out there in austin that are in, in city council meetings that are in school boards but there's not enough of us they're simply not. And if you think that doing a petition is, is pointless, if you think that picking up the phone is pointless, guys, it's a lot of work. But we got to show up. We got to demand action. We got to start using their tactics because they are effective. And this is the proof. She was over here, Miss Deborah, um, advocating for advocating for pro-LGBTQ and anti-racist and pro-abortion themes into our public schools. What I think is very telling, you know, when my husband and I were reviewing this, I want to point this out right here. In this petition, this is their words. They tell us what they're doing. Denton Independent School District Administrators and DISD School Board are keeping this very hush-hush. Apparently afraid of people coming at them from the right us. 
to encourage them to pull the books. And people from the left to tell them to keep the books in the schools. But their silence on this issue has the effect of condoning anti-LGBTQ plus racist and anti-abortion views that can be damaging to the students. It's damaging to the students for them not to have access to this book. The reason why I'm showing you guys this, again, is because this is the same person who is currently speaking. That is the Denton City Council member. I hope that you can see how this is all connected. This is the very same advocate for pushing for non-citizens to be able to vote and to run in county or city elections. All right, I'm going to try and fast forward this a little bit because I took towards the end. Again, I, I apologize for this going a little long, um, but I think that it's important so you guys know the, what to the look out to for. Consider, uh, I, I will say uh, um, a brief version of what I... Fast forward a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd go off of what Councilmember Davis had mentioned. I fast forwarded this right here is um, he's going to be explaining uh, the verbiage and the legality of this. I want you guys to hear some of the um, the verbiage that they use and how they just dismiss all of this. Um, and we'd have to look at effectively what's their immigration status is what it sounds like is intended by law. Um, so we have to figure out and determine are they. I'm sorry, you, you, you tailed off a bit. We, we can't hear you. Yeah, I'm just, sorry this is about the city lawyers council. So I, it sounds like what we're referring to is their immigration status and how we would go about verifying that. We, I don't know if the city has measures in place right now, but that would be the only way I think we could verify lawful is to check whether they have, whether they're licensed uh, permanent residents in the country, or, um, if they're here on a visa of some sort. Um, that's what it's, it sounds like we're talking about is immigration status in the United States. Okay. Uh so just to uh, back this up just a little bit, what they were talking about here, um, this lady right here um, had mentioned that, like, how are we going to verify that they're even registered voters? Of course, in order to be a registered voter, you have to be an American citizen. If you're not an American citizen, you're not even a registered voter. Um, and I forgive me, I don't. I could not find her name. Uh, she was one of the people, one of the two people who vote no on this measure. The rest of them vote uh, yes. Uh, and this does pass. This person right over here making faces who is belittling her <clears throat> in the comments that she made because that was what she rebutted. Was she's the, her, She was pretty much the only voice that sat there and said, um, how can we have them run for city council positions or city positions if they're not even registered voters? The others sit there and try to make the, the, the case that, oh, well, it's, it's all okay because we're just adding this little caveat that they have to be 18 or older to be able to vote. They try to pretend like it's an actual debate for them. But she was the only one that said, well, I mean, if, if we're going to have them be, you know, I, she basically asked them, and you guys can go back and watch it for yourself. She basically asked them to go ahead and inject that um, they, they are a registered voter, to, that they have to be a registered voter in order to be eligible to run for city council. 
And that's why Mr. White Man over here, you know, Mr. Woke, is making those faces because how dare she make such a racist comment? How dare you? So that's what you're seeing going on there. This is a city attorney going over the legality and the verbiage. Um, Councilman McGuire. Thank you. Um, so I've spent a lot of time sitting in school gyms uh, processing school registration paperwork. And when She's kids are registering for school, they come in usually with their parents. Um, and in order to prove their residency in the school zone, they present either a lease agreement or a utility bill. There are other documents that are accepted, but those are the most common ones. Um, Schools never ask students or their parents anything related to their um, citizenship or immigration status for a couple of reasons. One, which is not super relevant here, is that the Supreme Court has ruled that undocumented immigrants have a constitutional right to a public education. But also, um, that's, a, that's a lot. Undocumented children have right, a constitutional right to a public education. But meanwhile, if you have a child like we do, who requires special education needs, good luck trying to get that. ...of work to put on um, school staff, and it's a lot of work to put on our city staff. It's a lot of work. It's so cumbersome. It's a lot of work trying to ask people for proof of residency and proof of citizenship. It's just too, too cumbersome. Uh, to try and determine the immigration status of individuals who are being put on boards of commissions. I feel like we're already adding an extra step here by asking folks to prove residency by showing a utility bill or a lease agreement or whatever. Um, and and adding in a requirement that staff has to, to try and determine um, whether they, they are, are documented immigrants or undocumented immigrants uh, is, is muddying the waters far too much. Checking the citizenship, checking the residency, checking to see if they are legal citizens of the United States of America is too cumbersome for elected city officials to do. That's what, it's just, it's just too much work. I don't want to have to work. Councilman Davis. Thank you, Mayor, just briefly. The very key difference there, and you hit on part of it, I think, Councilmember McGuire, is that- uh, This gentleman is the other one of the two. You're gonna offer free school to that um, most no. kids in the district, you're going to offer it to all the kids in the district, regardless, regardless of their status. It's a service that is offered by the government. The difference here is that we are inviting and requesting people to become a part of the government. It's a different thing. It's a different role. And I, I understand that the point is very well taken about the owner's task of verifying. I think we do exactly what we do with residency. You, you click the box and say, I'm a lawful resident of the city of Denton. Um, the we we to a point we take your word for it. If it requires validation, you you produce a document. It's a 
it's a utility bill. Um, I don't think we need. So what they're saying here is that they, he's he's trying to say that, well, I mean, they, they should at least be able to to prove that they are a resident of the city of Denton. Like, that's not too cumbersome. I mean, we're already doing away with the, 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 the need to prove their citizenship. No, no, no. Non-citizens can now be an active part and run and become a city official in the city of Denton. Can we at least ask for their residency and proof to show that they are actual residents of Denton? I don't know. She said it's just too cumbersome. So he's making the argument that, like, that really isn't. Uh, throw me a bone here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and also fast forward now to um, to the very end uh, where they actually vote on this. Um, again, I, I know that I'm, I usually try to keep these pretty pretty short, uh, and I apologize. But <clears throat> again, I think that this is extremely important because this is already happening in North Texas, and I am willing to bet that this is happening in other areas um, across in other cities uh, across Texas. This, they did try to pass a similar resolution in the city of Dallas last year, and um, and that was shot down. I did ask for some clarification on a few things um, regarding the city of Dallas, and if I get if I have an opportunity to do some more digging um, and, and get some more answers, then I'll I'll try to update you guys on that. But again, this is not new. Uh, it just was shot down in the city of Dallas overwhelmingly. Uh, the way that the city of Dallas uh, has is able to pass uh, pass things like this. Um, it, it has to the way that their code, their ordinances, their city ordinances are is set up in the city of Dallas. It had to go on the ballot. City of Dallas overwhelmingly voted that down by like sixty percent. So it was presented in Dallas. So that's what I'm saying. If you guys are across Texas, you guys need to be pleased be looking at your city councils because I would be shocked. Um, that if it, it, it does not stop here in Denton, <clears throat> Denton did what Dallas was unable to at the time. That doesn't mean it's not going to be repre uh, uh, represented or uh, yeah, represented again here in, in Denton. This was the second time that it was presented to the city council. The first time it was voted down by the city council, by the, the, the previous city council uh, members, they represented it uh, because clearly they had the support and they had it passed. So you need to be paying attention. And that's why I'm taking the time, and I thank you guys for holding on and listening to this um, in its entirety, because, again, I'm trying to show you guys what you guys need to be looking out for. Um, I'm going to fast forward this so that you guys can kind of hear the end of this. I'll be voting no, but I will point out that I think the way that it stands, correct me someone if I'm wrong, is that it's still just the draft ordinance that's in our backup, which does not include the over 18. The draft, you added that? Very good. Thank you for that clarification. Thank you. Uh, and, and so for me, I think it's important to note, uh, so every everyone, and I'm, I've mentioned this before uh, a couple of weeks ago, but I, I do want to read it because everyone that sits up here has to notarize and swear and attest to the following. I swear that I will support and defend the Constitution and the laws of the United States uh, of the United States and the state of Texas. I am a citizen of the United States eligible to hold office, such office under the constitutional laws of the state, blah, blah, blah. And so for me, it just, it informs who I, and I, it's incumbent upon me to hold. Did anybody just pay attention to the oath that he just repeated? Can't make this up, guys. 
up to that oh uh four people that i am nominating but for this process uh that then allows every other uh, council member to make decisions and do analysis the, the way they want to and they can uh, kind of come to decisions the way they want to uh, everyone's elected and everyone's accountable to uh, the electorate and so that for me works and, and so uh, it'll inform my decisions but that's why I, I'm fine with uh, this language it's not you know how I draw it up in the playbook but it's it it works uh, it gives me the room I need to appoint the appropriate people that I need to appoint uh, to serve the city well council Marmot, you've talked a ton we're gonna we're gonna move forward uh, any other discussion Seeing none. Councilmember Beck, how say you? Aye. Councilmember McGuire? Aye. Councilmember Armitur? Yes. Councilmember, it, yes. And Councilmember by the Bird, and by the way, Councilmember Bird, Councilmember Bird, you're being Councilmember Bird, you've been acknowledged. Please. Councilmember Bird, would, if you would nay. speak. Nay. nay. Okay. Thank you. Count. Uh, uh, Mayor Prince Meltzer. Aye. Uh, Councilmember Davis? Nay. Mayor Hutspeth is an, an aye that passes one, two, three, four, five to two. Take. And that, my friends is how we continue to lose our freedoms in our country. City by city, county by county, state by state. Again, I did not show you guys. It was probably about an hour long, just that, that, that one section that I wanted to highlight. <clears throat> That's how we lose. And we continue to lose. Because in that entire... hour-long um, allowing non-citizens to run for, you know, changing the code, city ordinances. Uh, legally, by the way, they, the, the city council, this is, they, they, they went about this uh, the right way. This is what they're doing. Um, not one testimony in opposition. Not one. Where are we, guys? This has gone over an hour long, and I do apologize, but I hope that um, I hope that I've kind of raised the alarm here. So, your action item, of course, for this is to start paying attention. I want you guys to log into your city councils, uh, start paying attention, look at the agenda items, because this is going to continue city after city. The, the, the ban, the sanctuary city ban that Governor Abbott signed a few years back, obviously that's not stopping this, amongst other things. So pay attention, guys. This is this is this is how they're winning and they're continuing to win. They're, they're just are not enough fighters. There's not enough activists. There there there's not enough of people, you know, um, paying attention. And not there's no opposition whatsoever. They would overpass this with no problem. I'm currently trying to see. Uh, I will hopefully be doing some research to see if uh, if there's anything that can be done 
to try to reverse this. I'm hoping to find some people in the city of Denton. If you live in the city of Denton and you're just now realizing that this just happened in your city council uh, and you would like to try to fight back, uh, please reach out to me. Let's work together. Let's see how we can try to get this flipped, changed, uh, fight back. Uh, I, I am not a city of Denton. I, I'm not a citizen of the city of Denton. However, it's pretty, it's, it's, it's there in my area, in the North Texas area. I will be trying to follow the city, my city, uh, closely to try to make sure that this is not happening in, in, in my city. Um, and you guys need to be doing the same thing. If you guys also find out that, you know, if you guys start looking into your city councils and you guys see something similar, uh, we have to, the best way, of course, is to try to be proactive. If you see that this is happening in your city and that they're about to do the same thing, something similar in your city, please reach out to me. I will drive around Texas to meet you and we, I will stand right by you. We will fight. We will make sure that we are testifying and being the voice for reason and for conservative values. Um, I will help you. <laughs> we, we will do this together. And we will try to be proactive. This is, we have to, your action item, of course, is to start researching in your city councils to see if this is happening in your city. Um, raise the alarm if it is. Uh, rally the troops up in your area if, if it is. Reach out to me. If it has already happened, please, again, raise the alarm. Again, if you live in the city of Denton and you'd like to try to fight back on this, um, let's work together. I, I am going to be researching on how, if there is a way to be able to reverse this. Um, because obviously the majority uh, passed with the majority. I think it was like what five two, um, something like that. Um, but you know, maybe maybe it is a petition. Maybe it is a petition that then would have to, you know, I, I don't know. Um, but I'm willing to find out. And if you happen to know, if you know what the city of Denton ordinances are and how this could be reversed and how we could start that process. Please let, let us know because that might be important to know. We have to be proactive, of course, is the best way to do it. But then we also need to understand how we can reverse course and fight back, even if it is implemented, like in this case, the city of Denton. Uh, quick updates. Uh, I, I'll try not to be much longer. I hope that I presented the case. I hope that I showed you guys how what, what's happening, how this and you guys. Again, we've got millions pouring over. It's nonstop as, as we speak right now. It's, there's still thousands pouring over <laughs> all over, our, you know, our, our Texas state border and in Arizona and everywhere else. Of course, I can only focus on Texas. Um, so you guys could clearly see how they can start flipping elections right there on the city level, um, on the county level, on the state level. We have to stop this. So um, I, will, I will give you guys a quick update um, of, of some of the things that I found. Um, this right here, I hope that you guys can see this and I will post some pictures. I thought this was pretty interesting. This is essentially a, a cheat sheet for illegals that I found and goes on to kind of tell them what to do, coach, coach these illegals coming over. Uh, obviously, this is given by some sort of NGO. Um, we could not find what group it was. Um, that was handing this out, but this is what I found on our uh, banks of uh, the Rio Grande River. A uh, cheat sheet telling them what to say, how uh, if you were to encounter a Border Patrol agent um, or law enforcement, 
also where the cons the, the consulates are from uh, Colombia, Guatemala. I, like I said, I'll, I'll I will post some photos um, maybe on the way back home um, after the event, uh, so you guys can see. Um, I mean the coaching, handing out these resources. What I did find interesting, um, of course, you know these. Uh, I, I posted photos of a lot of these that I collected. This person was from uh, Nicaragua. Um, what I thought was interesting was that the these packs <clears throat> that I had found previously uh, with these huge packets of just a wealth of information, um, there was a de definite decrease of these that I found this time. Um, however, um, they, they, they did have the same paperwork, but uh, they spent more of our taxpayer dollars to laminate them emanate them like th this is like those are our taxpayer dollars at work another thing that i thought was interesting was that this qr code on these two laminated ones um this one was from nicaragua this one was from cuba um these qr codes were before on some of the older ones that i found uh, you could pull them up and it would show all their information. These two were deactivated. These were recent. Uh, the Del Rio sector had over 2,000 that crossed over in less than 48 hours. So more than likely, this was part of those 2,000 that crossed over. Uh, and they are now disabling what I believe, at least with these two that I found that are, you know, um, laminated. They are deactivating those QR codes. I wonder why. Um, found a lot of, a lot more fun uh, cards here and uh, passports and IDs. Um, but I wanted to show that because I thought that that was, again, we talk about it being orchestrated. Well, there's your proof, guys. You know, cheat sheets, QR codes laminated great stuff um anyways i will post some of those photos uh what i did also find what was very interesting this is a the time before this visit i did notice a decrease in what seemed to be a decrease in uh law enforcement in 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 maverick county um of dps uh national guard troops um, of course, the Border Patrol is very, very, very active and busy, uh, you know, picking, being a taxi cab service, uh, picking up these massive groups of illegals that are crossing over and spreading them to the NGOs. But I did see a decrease the last time that I was here. Uh, and whether or not that, that is happening, they might just be in different areas. I'm not sure. Um, but it was a visible decrease in, in, in boots on the ground in this particular area. The last time. This time, it was even more so. What I did notice, I did not see um, any active crossings. There were people who were trying to cross that did not make it over. Uh, they were we, a group of them were not happy that they saw us. Us three men um, with backpacks that uh, were not happy that uh, that we were there, that I was there, and that the group that I was with was there because uh, they looked like they were ready to go into those reeds and, and run off into the distance, and they were actively waiting for us to leave. Um, 
they, they, they did not look very friendly either. But the other group further on down, um, there was uh, a pregnant woman and several children that looked like they were about to cross on over, a video of it, and the federales jumped in and uh, stopped it actively. Um, so, you know, maybe, and again, a, a visible decrease in what, the time that I was there, we were there for maybe, um, we weren't there for very long this time because uh, we've been pretty busy running around, but um, just, uh, again, a, a, a notable decrease, again, uh, in boots on the ground, that maybe that's because the federales are doing a really good job in this particular area of uh, stopping. I just, I, I don't know where, I think a lot of them that are coming over are coming over in different areas. I, I'm not, other than just the river right there, I, I'm really not sure. But I, I thought it was interesting that, man, those federales, they don't play around. Uh, I, I can, I'll post the, the video where they made this this person strip. They looked like they were checking tattoos. Um, looked like this was the, the coyote that was about to bring over this group of, of, of one woman, one or two women, and a, quite a number of young children. Um, and they stopped him, and they made him strip down in his boxers. They don't play around. Um, so I'll post that video um, on the way back home, but it's just a little bit of updates um, from what I see over here. Um, but again, I mean, they're, they're, they're definitely crossing over in this area. It just, I didn't see any active crossings and maybe that's why. And maybe the boots, the notable decrease in the boots on the ground in this particular area um, is because maybe they're, they're being used. There was a large group that was, um, we caught the tail end of, uh, that we saw that was being picked up and taken. Um, we didn't really see, I mean, they were all already loaded on the bus, but this was, again, this is, this is more in a private ranches. It's not new, the, the, this particular area. They've, they've always been flooded, but I just thought that it was very interesting that, um, that there's this notable decrease of boots on the ground. National Guard had already been pushed back uh, quite a ways. Uh, usual checkpoints of where, where the Humvees and the National Guard would be in this particular area over the last few months where they had been kind of stationed, they were gone, they weren't there. Um, even the Humvees, damn Humvees, um, you know, part of the photo ops, uh, most of those were removed. Um, so it's very interesting. I'm not quite sure what to make of that, but anyways, that, that's what's going on. So um, go to securetheborder.us, that petition is still up there. Uh, to uh, call for the resignation, uh, well, the impeachment and investigation of Mayorkas. Please share that link. Facebook will not allow me to share that link directly, but it is on our website under the Take Action item, uh, Take Action tab. Sign that petition, share that petition. Also, uh, I will also be sharing that other petition uh, from Judicial Watch that is demanding the, 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 the building of the wall again. Guys, I mean, we, we, we need to at least try. Uh, it, it, it takes two seconds to fill out the petition and share it. And if nothing else, you're spreading awareness. So um, thank you guys very much. If you guys are in the area, let me show you guys the, um, really quick, the event for tomorrow. The event tomorrow. Trauma to Triumph, uh, the gala sounds fancy, but uh, it's casual. Come on in your Western attire. I'll be wearing my jeans. I am will be one of the speakers. Uh, come join us if you're in the area at uh, Backport Ranch. Um, the link you can visit uh, trauma to triumph.org. The website is right there. 
uh, to register and reserve a spot. It is a fundraiser in hopes to um, get this uh, this uh, rescue ranch up and running for victims of human and sex trafficking down here in South Texas. Uh, Alan Colonel Alan West will be Lieutenant Colonel Colonel Alan. I am tired. Lieutenant Colonel Alan West will be one of the speakers. Victor will be speaking. Uh, the great Sheriff Coe will be speaking. Several different speakers. Um, so if you're out there, um, please come on by, swing by, uh, join us for entertainment and fun, food, and raising money for a great cause and some great auction items um, as well that are out there. So anyways, that is it. I'm sorry that this ran so long. I appreciate you guys holding in. Please share this information uh, and let's get active and engaged and involved. Let's do all that we can uh, to secure our border and save our Texas. Remember to visit the website, securetheborder.us. If you feel led to try and donate anything that you can um, to my travel fund, hopefully making it down there to La Jolla or coming back down here to this area at some point really soon. Um, you know, five, $10, or anything that you can do. I appreciate it. The Venmo, I'll make sure I put that in the link as well. It's also on the website. Um, otherwise, I'm still going to continue doing what I'm doing. And uh, thank you guys very much for tuning in. I appreciate you guys. God bless. And I will talk to you guys soon. Have a great night. Thanks. Bye-bye.